Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye. Like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to your wrong and here's why. Chris Orwardell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how you been? Fella, it feels like we haven't talked in forever. Because we haven't. But now we're back. Mm-hmm. We're ready to go. Vacations are over. Mm-hmm. Training camps are here. Mm-hmm. The baseball trade deadline just finished. Yep. We're ready to go. Hey, we're back. We're we're getting back into the swing of sports. Sports, 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 sports. Getting ready to uh just chop it up with sports all winter long. That's what I mean. Listen, chopping it up, chopping it up, doing it a good, doing one big chop. We're uh, we're ready. We are ready. What in the world? I can't. For those listening, I can't see Greg right now. What in the world are you doing with your microphone? I'm not doing anything with my microphone. Why? You're getting loud. You're getting quiet. Oh. (laughs) I mean, listen. We're out of practice, but I'm getting there, and I I think I know exactly what happens. Was it that you weren't talking in front of the microphone? No, you're hearing me through my headset audio. And the world is hearing me through my actual microphone that I'm recording into. While I was talking, I mm. moved the headset microphone. So, so you're reco- be- so so you're recording and you're uh, you're uploading audio at the moment, streaming audio on two different devices. I guess technically. Look at you! You're I, a man of the world, <laughs> a technophile. That's what that's what some would call me. <sighs> The adult in me is not letting me make jokes about that. <laughs> uh, I will, so tell me, tell me, because the, the last time I spoke to the boys, uh, it was Michael Greg. Uh, I was Michael, Matt, and I doing Better's Delight without uh, yourself and without uh, without the other one. <laughs> How do you feel it went? Uh, I mean, from what I heard, uh, the audio version was very, very solid, very solid. I enjoyed the episode; it didn't get too off the rails. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. So I, I, I didn't get as heckled as I thought I would. Um, there is a couple shots in there, some that you may not be privy to that I know of, but uh, you know, it, 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 it should be an interesting episode this upcoming week as we Wait, return. How am I not? I'm, what do you mean? I'm not the, Oh, there were shots in. Okay. After the fact, well, shot shots at me during the episode, but more of an inside argument that you were not involved in. Uh, I'm good with that. Yeah. I'm comfortable in yeah, that position. I, I mean, I would prefer, I mean, honestly, if I were you, I'd prefer to not be as well. So, <laughs> yeah, numerous times I remember thinking, like, Greg's probably mad at me right now. No, yeah. And no, never. Well, don't say never. <laughs> uh, I can be a very difficult and disagreeable person, but I was trying my best to live up to the lofty standards. And uh, I forgot to, I forgot the tagline at the end, but Matt snuck it in. It's perfectly fine. I understand. As the, you know, you as the de facto season two leader currently. Um, no de facto. Season two leader currently. Accurate. In fact, I'm dominating. I mean, honestly, yes. It's incredible the run that you've been on, uh, <laughs> obviously, over the course of the season and your multiple appearances. You just yeah. keep picking up, you keep picking up random winners because you give out so, so much future information. And that's what we're here for. That is, look, and, and we should point out to, to those, again, we say it all the time, if, 
If you're not listening to Better Soloid, uh, why the hell not? If you're listening to this, you should go over there. You should subscribe. Check it out on the YouTube channel, YouTube backslash YouTube.com, Gregory, backslash The Underdog. And uh, I don't know what any platform you listen to the podcasts of the world. If you're listening to this, you should be listening to that. If you're listening to Underdog, you should be listening to Better Soloid because it falls into that same uh, falls into that same bucket of uh, of sports related silliness. But even you can even get more sports on, it is. Uh, on Better's Delight. Absolutely. Sports and silliness. That should be the show's tagline, if we're being honest. Uh, did the conversation about whether or not darts are boring make it into the air? Oh, boy, did it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I was giving it a listen as I was packing. In between the two vacations that I was on, I was listening to the show as I was working on things for vacation number two. And I heard that section and... It's just, it's so uninformed. It's unbelievable. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Matt saying it's boring. Like, uh, Matt, they only televise, and if we're, if we're talking about, like, things that are actually on television. In Matt terms will never of hear darts, this, but go ahead. I know. But we but only the big stage shows are the ones they actually show on TV. The, tor- the other tournaments, like, that real weirdos like I watch, yeah, you got to go, you got to find them online. You have to have online subscriptions, those types of things. But to say that during during the world match play, where there's you know five thousand people in a, in a, in a, a hall watching these guys play darts with just unbelievable excitement, tension, uh, like it's it's exactly what you want for in sports. It's everything. There's drama. It's great. I can only imagine that the five thousand people you who you allege to be watching this performance are oh, clinically depressed. Or something like that. Because what else would take you to go watch darts on an otherwise perfectly good summer afternoon? I, yeah, well, I mean, listen, sometimes you got to do what you got to do in terms of what sports you follow. That's just how it works. Just trying to get close to Johnny Stanton. That's not even a person. But yeah, I it is. It's you. the Browns fullback. What's Who's uh, the, the Johnny guy? Johnny Clayton. You're close. Johnny Clayton. You're yeah. close. Um, but it, listen... He he likes his things. I like my things. That's just how it works. I don't know what to tell you. Your things are boring. Let's I, talk about the things. What? I not, have no idea what you're talking about. Not, it, not, I, it, not if you gamble on them and you have fun and you watch no, them. No, then it's degenerative. Them. How dare like, you? Don't talk. Don't say this. I'm, it's it's sad. We're gonna. There's like there's already been talk about us all getting together and having an intervention for you. I mean, that's fine. Uh, the next Over the next three days, I'll be watching the three players' championship tournaments. This is where I could see somebody thinking it's boring because it is just guys essentially in a giant hall in a hotel in little stalls with dartboards playing one-on-one, a tournament of like 128 people, 190 people, something like that, 145 people. 145 people, also the number that will be watching it live. How dare you? Yeah, you're right. It's probably not going to be that high. <laughs> Giving them way too much credit. But look, we're talking darts. Um, there is a lot going on in the sports world, as you alluded to. The Major League Baseball trade deadline passed a little bit earlier today. The big deal, obviously the Juan Soto deal, one of the best young players in all of baseball, the 23-year-old superstar, traded from the Washington Nationals to the San Diego Padres in a colossal deal goes to the pods along with uh, first baseman Josh Bell. The Nationals get Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams, who were top 100 players, top, top, top 100 prospects a year ago before breaking into the majors this year. They get Robert Hassel III, who's a, a top prospect as it is. 
They get a super talented, young, physical, power-hitting outfielder in James Wood. They get the uh, top international signee of the uh, last year's uh, International 16 class, Yarlin Susana, and uh, first baseman Luke Voigt to, um, to even the money up a little bit. Were you at all surprised to see the pods go all in for Soto, considering, you know, one, the guy turned down 15 years at $440 million. They're already paying Machado. They're already paying all those guys. This is a, a fairly fairly like, substantial uh, s- uh, roster right now in terms of salaries. And they went out and got Josh Hader, who apparently you think sucks. Well, here's the thing with Soto. I mean, it's not like you're going to have to pay him right away, right? There yes, is still, you are. No, there's still some team control, I believe. Yeah, but they're gonna. But he would certainly be bought out of any RB years and an extension. Maybe, maybe not. No, Baseball maybe. owners play hardball. I'm looking uh, right now to see exactly much, where. M- much like the players, they also play hardball. Um, <laughs> and the Keanu Reeves starring vehicle. Exactly. Um, but no, I mean, I'm not necessarily surprised because it seems like this San Diego is looking to win. They are sacrificing everything and anything in terms of future to go after it now. They, You saw what they did last year where they tried it, where they went with Clevenger. You know what I mean? Like they, They've been making moves over the course of the last two to three years to try to go all in. This is an all in move. Uh, you mentioned Hater. I, I, obviously, as we talked earlier, we had the discussion about him stinking, etc. No, um, no, we did not have a conversation about him stinking. You suggested <laughs> wrongly that he stinks. No, I suggested rightly, but regardless, based, based upon that gut feeling you have, that's how we do it. Else. That's how we do it. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, listen, they, they are a team that clearly wants to win a championship. And the way you do that in the major leagues is making big splashes, typically at deadlines for superstar players. Like, yeah. and, and that is certainly what Juan Soto is. It will be interesting when those contract negotiations do come up because I don't know how. Like the the balls to turn down four forty, almost half a billion is crazy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, especially when you're somebody that already has a ring. Like I can understand if he didn't have the ring. And you're like, I want to win championships. I don't want to just be the highest paid player on a mediocre team that doesn't make the playoffs every year. Like a like a Joey Votto type, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Ricochet shot at Joey Votto. Well, no, it's just a, it's just an example of a guy who spent his entire career on, on you know one team, essentially, and never yeah, really... What a jerk for being loyal. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying but being no, loyal... No, but you're saying that he didn't have the competitive fire to no, win a championship. But you're loyal to an organization that doesn't give a shit about winning. That's mm. the point. The Reds don't care about winning. They made the playoffs last year and then traded away all of their players. Like, it's not about winning. It's about making money. It's financial. It's 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 the issue with, with some sports owners where it's a business. It, it's like... It's like trying to put a stadium in in the center of a city for almost zero reason other than the fact that you just want to own the building. Like, yeah, it's no, one we'll, of the, we'll get to the, we can talk about that later. That is bananas in its own right. I'm t- yeah, I, I, listen, we we'll get to it. I hear you, but again, I, that's where that's where it's 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 very risky if you're Juan Soto in, in this situation. Uh, obviously, I think he does still get paid. I, I don't see you know barring anything crazy, um, but yeah, I, I mean. If you want to win more, you you got to be willing to take a little bit of a risk, and this is a risk. And he's going to go to the to the Padres, and their lineup's going to be stacked and loaded, and it's just going to be it's going to be wild. 
Okay, so Soto is in his ARB2 year right now, making $17.1 million. That is going to skyrocket in ARB3. I can't imagine it's not going to be 30. And then he's got ARB4 before being an unrestricted free agent in 2025. So, yeah, there, any new contract... He Look, there's no scenario where he's going to be cheap at any point for the oh, rest no. of his career. Like, he will... And especially with how baseball contracts work with these extremely long deals that take guys through to the end of their contracts and pay them way too much at that point, he'll probably never make less than $30 million in a season again. So, yeah, you're, you're definitely buying out his ARB years in any contract extension. I have to think that they're at least talking about what the parameters of a new deal would look like. You don't, you don't go get him and not do that. Especially after how things went in Washington. So, yeah, they're they're going to pay him. They're going to pay him. And, and by the way, not to be lost in the shuffle, they also went out and got Brandon Drury at the end of the day. That's crazy. I saw that. I saw that come through uh, right towards the end of the deadline. Sneaky been a very, very solid player this year. So, I mean... It's it's about going all in. Going all in is very risky for a team. But the Padres had decades of being pretty much terrible. Since that 1998 World Series that we talked about earlier, yeah. uh, me and you, that is, not on the show, but since that 1998 World Series, they've essentially been an irrelevant franchise outside of having Tony Gwynn on their roster. You know what I mean? And even that is going back a significant way, you know? So, uh, to me, I find it I find it really tough to... To to fault the Padres for doing this, if they're okay with being bad potentially five to ten years from now, why not? Right now, their major league roster is loaded, and that's what matters in terms of winning a championship. And then they're going to certainly go out there and try to do it. I, I think I think they have the best opportunity. I mean, How? they're good. I was going to say their odds in terms of World Series, you know, winning went from like plus four thousand anywhere between thirty three hundred and four thousand down to like eleven hundred you know in the matter of 20 minutes today so it's uh, people definitely have them penciled in as a favorite now now it's tough because you're talking about a very good potentially historically good yankees team in in the other uh the dodgers don't stink either Right, exactly. The Dodgers are very good. The Mets are very good. I don't think the Mets are on that same tier, but who knows? DeGrom's back tonight. I haven't seen what he's done so far, but all little Twitter chirpings that I've seen sure seems like he's having a decent outing to start. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of things going on here uh, where just because you go all in doesn't mean it might pay off. Yeah, I'm looking up, uh, looking up what's going on in this game right now. Bottom 6-1-1. High ball game, uh, and can't get a for whatever reason. I can't get a uh, I can't get a box score on MLB.com or on CBS Sports Line MLB. So life goes on. Uh, but hey, that's not the biggest move. The Mets made the had to have made the biggest move of the day, Greg Crone. I don't know if you saw this or not. But they acquired Babe Roth. I yeah, I saw that. Uh, for four it, players. Darren Ruff goes for four players. I mean, the guy went to Japan or Korea, I forget which which league he played in, and he it turned his career around. It's not No, he really didn't though. Statistically, he's one of the worst players in baseball this year. I, I understand that, but he performed when he had to and made himself valuable. I don't know. 
I don't, I don't, I, I wouldn't have done it. That's just me. I watched plenty of Darren Ruff baseball while I was, uh, while I was here. So, or while he was here, not while I was here. Uh, so I'm not necessarily all in on it. For the record, Degrom pitched five, uh, was lifted at the top of the sixth inning, three hits, one run, uh, no walks, and six Ks. So, look, uh, looks pretty good. Yeah. Hey, I mean that's. Pretty that's much a, all you can. That that's that's the that's a bigger like return than kind of anyone they could have traded for today. Oh, for sure. I mean, Degrom, arguably the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. I, I mean, there's really there's really nothing nothing we can do uh, if you're a Phillies fan, but stare in awe at teams that have players like that coming back from injury. Now I know there's a potential for Bryce Harper to come back soon, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm still terrified. Speaking of those Dodgers, Gregory, what do you think of the move to just go out and uh, we're like, yeah, we'll take a shot on Joey Gallo? I mean, why not? They, it's not like they need him to play every day, you know? And maybe that helps. Maybe that helps and benefits him, the fact that he doesn't have to. And I know he was on a very, very good team. But a change of scenery, a little less pressure. You know, it is L.A. Obviously, it's a huge market, but nobody really cares. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? It's, it's L.A., so yeah, so it's, it's a large market, but it's not an engaged market. Um, so like that's, you know, that's good uh, for Joey Gallo. There, there's not going to be the the scrutiny. You're not going to be on the back of the New York Post or the New York Times. I guess not the New York Times, but the New York Post uh, or the Daily News and stuff like that on a daily basis for your. Uh, your, your shortcomings. So, you know, it gets you the ability to, to be in a better mindset when you go to the ballpark every day. It could certainly could certainly sway. And if you have the luxury of being able to do that, if you're the Dodgers, why not take a shot? The guy is, or at least was, a prolific home run hitter. Why not? Well, Gallo is, man, maybe more than anybody else in baseball, the two a two-outcome hitter, right? He's a strikeout or a home run guy. He 501 plate appearances this year, hitting 159, and he is striking out 38.7% of the time. Not great. Not great. <laughs> 25 home runs, though. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, that's all you can ask for, right? I mean, maybe, maybe the Mendoza line is all you can ask for. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's just it's so hard because people like don't care about batting average in so many cases, but for some reason, with him, it's like a gigantic deal. Well, it's a gigantic deal when it's not at a certain level. I, I think the argument that people don't care about batting average is when is when you know you're looking at a guy who's hitting two thirty five, but he hits home runs and plays good defense, and it's like, oh, all right, it's not that big a deal. We'll talk about stuff like a war and expected batting average and all that stuff. But when you're hitting 159, I think it's a pretty darn big deal. Yeah, 159's bad. 159's very, very, very bad. It, that's all you can really say about it. Change of scenery, change of con- not conference, change of league. Maybe it triggers something. Cut down on the strikeouts. Like just put the ball in play. Yeah. Well, that's. I don't think he's going to be changing his uh, his style at this point. But life goes on, right? And. How do you feel for Nationals fans? It, it's it's very easy to draw parallels between the Nationals and those old Marlins teams that put it all together for a couple years, went to a World Series, won a World Series, traded everybody. 
Nationals are in for some hard times over the next handful of years. I don't feel bad for them because they did just win a World Series. Like that, it's it's hard for me to to give them like a sob story and be like, oh man, it's going to be so tough because three years ago you were at the top of the mountain, right? And three years ago you had Soto, you had Bryce Harper, you had Trey Turner, you had Scherzer, you had Rendon, and all gone now. Again, this is this is the difference in some owners. Some owners, success for a couple of years, make as much money as you can, and then who cares? We'll just sort of tank it for a little bit. Hopefully we get lucky with draft picks or, or once-in-generational talent, and you go from there. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you who is is lucky in all of this is, is the Phillies. They make some moves today, and they have 11 games left this season against the Nationals. Yeah, that's that's big. You have to win those games. If you lose those games, I I got nothing for you anymore. Like I really don't because and I'm talking any of the games. One of those games and I'm I'm throwing the season out the window. That is a very Greg Crone move. And Absolutely. I believe you. I 100% believe you when you say he'll do that <laughs> because the overreactions are strong in you. But uh but the Phillies have made a, a handful of moves, made four moves over the past what, 3 days, 3 today. We're not super excited about a glove-first shortstop that they brought in a couple of days ago, but let's talk about what happened today. They start things off by acquiring the uh, the center fielder Brandon Marsh from the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They give up one of their top prospects, Logan O'Hop. I mean, O'Hop was going to be blocked, unfortunately, yeah. by Real Muto, so you might as well try to get a piece for him. And it gives you an everyday center fielder potentially you know what i mean uh, not you know, he's bringing a lot of jason worth vibes i'm hearing a lot of jason worth comps he's, yeah marsh was a top 100 player a couple years ago as a prospect hasn't really been able to hit in the majors but you know that's not the end of the world listen we need the defense man as long as you can bring the defense in the outfield i'm fine with it i'm perfectly fine with it and like if it makes the lineup even even a smidge better in terms of fielding and then also obviously even a little bit at the plate, you got to do it. It's things to give up a guy who sort of shot up the prospect ranks like O'Hop, but mm-hmm. I mean the, the contract with JT, you're not you're not getting up here and making an impact anytime soon. So well, the it, DH does exist, but unfortunately Schwarber and Castellanos also exist. Yeah, exactly. So it's 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 tough. Um, after that, they go up, they give another rising prospect up, uh, Ben Brown, a, a double A pitcher, and they bring back old friend David Robertson from the Cubs. Yuck. <laughs> well, it's funny because Robertson has sort of regressed to the norm, which is a pretty good relief pitcher with the Cubs this year. However, the Phillies are basically the only team where he just wasn't good when he was a member of this organization. It's, I hate retreads especially reliever retreads he was never healthy here he like got hurt like on day one (laughs) well if you're if you don't like guys who don't stay healthy i have some bad news for you about this next trade but we'll (laughs) get to that in a second um so i'm not the biggest fan of the robertson move i understand what they were trying to do but it it just it feels like it feels like we're trying to to redo something that we did wrong uh, just a mere two years ago. So mm-hmm. I'm not not a gigantic fan of it. <sighs> yeah, I mean it's 
It's interesting. I understand what they're going for, and if nothing else, they did DFA Odubel Herrera and uh, and Familia today, so you don't ever have to watch them play baseball again. That's that's pretty great. Oh, thank God. I mean, the Familia thing, like Odubel, get out. He shouldn't have never been back uh, previously, no. but whatever. Um, but Familia, watching him go out there and you have a six or seven run lead and you're terrified. Like I said it, I said it the day they signed him. Somebody that I, that I know who's friends with Mike when they signed him, sent like Familia with the eye emojis on the day that they signed him. Mm. And I immediately was like, are you kidding? Like we, you, if you were ever, ever on baseball Twitter or paid attention to baseball at all, you know, that Familia had been done like cooked, uh, by the Mets and the Mets fans over the course of the last like two seasons. And it progressively got worse. So like being excited for that signing just baffling, baffling. And it ended up proving that I was right, obviously, as we now see him exit the Phillies. Uh, and, and it, like, when you lose it, you lose it as a reliever. To bring it back to the hater thing, when it's gone, it's gone. You, you can't get people out. That's how it works. It's, it was time. It was time. You're nuts if you don't think Josh Hader is a great pitcher. You're just I never said he not. wasn't a great pitcher. Just not he a is great not pitcher currently anymore. a great pitcher is yes. what I'm saying. Uh, you're not. You're 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 bananas. It's it's just bad luck. And if you're attributing it to anything else, you're crazy. Now, bad luck. The Bre- aren't the Brewers in like first place in the Central? Yeah, but relievers are funny because you know how if you pitch you pitch limited innings, one bad outing skews your entire stat line. You're not wrong there. That one bad inning, or a part of that those bad innings, came against the Phillies, where he gave up back to back home runs to Alec Bohm and Matt Veerling. So Philly's finest. Absolutely. Let's talk about Philly's new finest number three starter in a deal that I mocked happening earlier in the day. Of course, it ended up coming to fruition, although given what they gave up, you can't be too upset. The Phillies trade former number one overall pick Mickey Moniak back to his hometown, California, along with a low A outfielder whose name I don't have in front of me for nowhere. Cindergard Thor, now a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs finest, Mickey Moniak. Oink up. Uh, it, it just, it's the unfortunate thing of being a number one pick, especially in the run where all four teams had number one picks or number two picks in their, uh, you know, uh, respective drafts. Yeah. It, 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 Moniak just never, never could put it together at the major league level. Like just, couldn't hit or the minor league level. Well, I sure he had a little more production at the minor league level, but nowhere near what you would want or hope for a guy you took one overall. Moniac so, was supposed to be like a sure thing, three hundred hitter who's going to play good defense in the outfield. Just the knock was didn't have a lot of power, but it was it was a sure thing. This guy, you can't worry. You know, don't worry about him. He's going to hit. He's going to hit. Uh, the thing about that is uh, he never really hit. He hit 284 that first year in the minors and never really got back there again. 236, 270, 252. Just uh, his uh, minor league batting average, 256 with a 305 OBP in his six seasons in the minors. It's not good. It's certainly not good. And his so. defense didn't turn out to be good. No, it wasn't. It just... You hope that a fresh start somewhere else gives the kid an opportunity because he is still relatively young. So 
good luck to him. And, uh, you know, Syndergaard's a flyer guy. He's he's a guy who you take you take with a little bit of a grain of salt and you say, hey, well, if it works out, it's great. If it doesn't, like you said before, we didn't give up a ton for him. And like you also said before, health always a concern in his case, at least over the past couple seasons. Thor has never pitched 200 innings in a season. Well, that's that's just not good. That's just not good at all. He has never gotten to the 200 mark. Well, right in the regular season. I won't speak for any free agent stuff. I mean, any uh, off-season stuff. But, yeah, it's scary. And he's averaging, like, 5.1 innings a game this year. I mean, missed, what, all of 2020, all, all but two games of 2021? Yeah, it's... Not not what you're looking for out of uh, out of your starter, out of a starting pitcher, a guy who was billed as, uh, you know, a real difference maker on that those Mets teams and was, you know, most yeah, certainly it, was. It's hilarious that that he and Zach Wheeler are now here. Oh, very much so. It wasn't they, they, didn't Matt Harvey have a stint in the minors with us? I believe Matt Harvey. Harvey may have even pitched a couple of major league games in Philadelphia. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, the we five just, aces or whatever the hell they were called. Yeah, I don't remember what it was like. The young aces or whatever, something like that. But yeah, we just we just keep taking them. And like I said, third starter, fourth starter is what it is. It's you. You just kind of hope and pray that he can find that sauce and get a little bit of that fire back. You know, coming back to the the East Coast. We'll see. Do we? Are we both just remembering this wrong? Because I don't, I don't see Harvey ever getting to. I don't see him ever getting, real to Philadelphia. You know what? Maybe I'm thinking Baltimore. Well, he definitely was in Baltimore, and it it must have been discussed because I in my head he pitched. In right. The organization. Yeah. I I agree. It's definitely, definitely something that like stands out to me. Well, Cindergard is now here. He'll slot in behind Nolan Wheeler, the thirty-year-old. Uh, well, going to turn thirty later this month. It's crazy that he's still that young. Three point eight three ERA, one hundred five ERA plus this year. Just not throwing a lot of innings. Eight, only eighty innings. Just stay healthy for the last half of the year. Yeah, and it's it's a weird catch twenty-two because. If he stays healthy, then he's a free agent and he's going to want a bunch of money and he's probably going to leave. If he's bad, then he'll stay, but he's bad. <laughs> well, we, we do a good job of keeping bad players who want to stay, so we might as well just throw them on the pile. Yeah, I guess. I mean, look, it's it's a fine gamble. If It's a fine gamble. I mean, he's obviously better than anybody else they can throw out there as a third uh as a third pitcher, he's got actual postseason experience. He's been a big-time pitcher in Major League Baseball. Hard to knock it, especially when the cost is only Moniac. Yeah. I, again, I, I think it, I think it's a fine thing to take. Like, just, you know, it, you didn't give up something that was a real, like, even really had that much potential. So why not take the, the ride with him? Here's something that people should uh, people should know, and I don't know if it's going to change anyone's opinion one way or another, but Mickey Moniak is hitting like 370 in my season of MLB The Show. I mean, listen, dude, has the potential, has <laughs> the potential. Got to take that video game style to uh, the major leagues. So, 
Yeah, man. Number uh, number 17 prospect in all of baseball pre-2017. That dropped to number 88 after the season and uh, probably fell off in 2019. That's not good. Not the direction you want to have the number one overall pick go. And you know what drives me nuts, though? Uh, and I think Mike was talking about this. How much he was talking about how much talent there was in that uh, in that 2016 draft. Yeah, there's talent in every single baseball draft. It's just a matter of like where you find it. The next player of consequence. I mean, all right, Senzel did some things in Cincinnati, but he is, let's say, fizzled to be nice. You're talking about guys like Ian Anderson, Riley Pint, Corey Ray, AJ Puck. Like Jay Groom, who I loved from the the high school in New Jersey, is got traded ironically to the the Padres today. <laughs> yeah, he did. The first time, like, all right, when's the, the first time you actually get to an All Star is the 59th pick in the draft with Brian Reynolds, and then 64 is Pete Alonso, 66 is Bo Bichette, uh, Corbin Burns 111, Shane Bieber 122, but it's crazy to be like. Oh, yeah, they messed up on that Mickey Moniak pick. They should have taken Shane Bieber. Well, he went 121 picks later. Yeah, they probably had picks inside of that as well. Oh, well, yeah, yeah he was a fourth-round pick. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's... They took Jojo Romero, 107, 15 picks above him. All right, well, that, I mean... That hurts. Yeah, that's a bad one. That's You're yeah. taking pitchers, and you're taking Jojo Romero versus... Yeah, Corbin, Corbin Burns and Shane Bieber go in the next 15 picks after you take JoJo Romero. But look, that's just the way it is. And actually, Cole Irvin goes 15 picks later a- I mean, after Shane Bieber. Oh, God. With, with any draft, it is a crapshoot. That is how it works. We can sit here and I, hand up. I do it too. Cal McCarr won the Conn Smythe. He got taken like two or three picks behind Nolan Patrick. Uh, Got to tell you, I've never heard that name in my life. Cal McCarr plays for the Colorado Avalanche. He won the, basically the MVP of the playoffs uh, this year, and they won the Stanley Cup. And he was taken four to five picks after, or two, uh, two to four picks after Nolan Patrick. I can't remember the exact thing. The year the Flyers got the number two overall pick. Uh, Nolan Patrick now plays for the Vegas Golden Knights, I think, or somewhere, and never panned out here due to injury issues, due to whatever you want to chalk it up to. And Cal McCarr yeah. won the Stanley Cup. Like, that's just the way drafts work. Everything is a crapshoot. It's also about timing. It's about the, your needs as a team or an organization. Like, that's just that's how it works. I, we all do it. We all nitpick at this kind of stuff. Um, you know, we, we did it for years with Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, and we'll continue to do that for years. Yeah, because Jalen Rager is going to take the next step and become better than Justin Jefferson this year. Exactly. That's exactly what he's going to do. Oh, God. Look, I uh, I've spent my entire life not reading comments for stuff I do. I don't like it. I think it's bad for me. I don't want to be influenced. But I, I get home the other day, and from taking the dog for a walk, I'm, and I'm about to hop in the shower, and Alexa's like, "Have you read your comments for for your wrong?" And I was like, "No, I you know I I don't ever ever read that stuff." Uh, and I and and I also so like and also frankly like I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so not wrong. Whatever. Um, but she's like, no, you'll. This is funny. You'll like this. And so I'm looking at it right now, <laughs> gentlemen. And this is relevant to the conversation we were just having. Uh, shout out to a gentleman by the name of Dom Tahera. Dom's comment is the title is hockey. 
the subject simply says, I'm starting to think Chris might not care about hockey. <laughs> I mean, he's the not wrong. Me. The guy gets me. Not wrong at all. Uh, <laughs> shout out, thanks, Tom. Well, to thanks, Eric. to by the way. Thank you to everybody who listens to the show. Thank you to anybody who takes your time. Uh, I know there's a lot of things you can choose, so thank you for choosing us. And uh, if and anybody who leaves a comment or a rating or a review, any of that stuff, it is much appreciated, even if I will likely never know about it. But know that it does, in fact, help us. I don't read them either, but shout out to Trav Martinez, who said there's too much agreement on the show and there needs to be more yelling. He- I don't agree with that. So. <laughs> He's not wrong. Well, you don't want to hang up every Wednesday and be like, God damn it. I, I should have said this. I should have said this in every argument. Yeah, that's the underdog. Uh, well, hey, I mean that—that <laughs> that I don't blame you. So, no, I have. When I when I hang up from doing the underdog, I'm like, man, that was really fun. I just don't know if it's a sports podcast. <laughs> I don't know if it is either. So, you know, you, well, you, you, foot, football's coming, coming back, back right? Yeah. I mean, and there it is. And speaking that's of football, <laughs> let's talk about the news that came out today: the Stephen Ross punishment. The the Dolphins get. They get penalized their 2023 first round pick and a 2024 third round pick in addition to a $1.5 million fine and uh, Stephen Ross is off every like NFL committee and he's suspended until October 17th. All of this, it seemed, I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly what it was for because it seems like there were two things going on simultaneously with the Dolphins. This one appears to be, I've read in numerous places that this is in, in relation to the tampering of Tom Brady and um, and Sean Payton, but obviously there is also the whole the whole uh, going out of your way to tank issue. Yeah, it wasn't really clear. <laughs> um, he did a the, lot of bad stuff. Yeah, I, listen, it's there's there there's a lot of layers to this particular issue. Um, I think it's rightful, like the fine, the suspension. I don't think it's enough, picks. man. I agree. It it kind of sets the bar relatively low. Like I agree, there needed to be a punishment, but right now it doesn't feel like it's it's enough for the egregiousness of some of the stuff. Like if you're offering money, and I don't know what's true and what's al- what's alleged, etc. The like Flores if stuff feels. It, I feel like it's all real. Yeah. If 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 that is true, and you were offering money for losses, like that's you got to take the team away. Like that's, com- that's competitive inaccuracy that you just can't have. And yeah. especially now when you have partnerships with gambling, like that's, mm-hmm. that's match fixing. That's what it is. It's, it's something that plagues world soccer left and right. It's, it's match fixing. If, if, if for what, whatever you want to call it, like that's BS. Well, and this great punishment to the dolphins, like, yes, they forfeit their 2023 first round pick, but they still have a pick from the 49ers. They still have four four picks in the top 81. It's if you want to punish them, take away all of their picks in the first three rounds this year. What are you saying? Death penalty? I'm not look, they can have their they can have their fifth, sixth, and seventh round picks. <laughs> Listen. I mean, I get it. No, I tell you, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna intentionally tank again, I'll tell you that for that, sure. That is true. That it's it would certainly set the tone. There's no doubt about that. It's ridiculous. Like these guys still, they still have a first round pick. <laughs> Can you steal picks like that that are that are technically? I mean, I guess technically they are. It is the Dolphins' pick. Yeah, the Dolphins own the Forty ers first round selection this year. Uh, you maybe you just pray that it's going to be something late. 
Oh, I, I would rather just say, hey, uh, yeah, you don't have that anymore. Not that leave pick, it up to chance? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that pick's gone, buddy. That pick's gone. Enjoy watching those players you were tanking for go to your rivals. It, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. All right, what if we, what if we just took away... They have three picks in the top 50. Let's just take them all away. The question is, is where do you draw the line, though? I drew it or, at top 50, Greg. Well, true. But do do you, like, they have how many in there? Because you said four in the top 81, so it would be three in the top 50 probably? Three in the top, three in the top 50 would have been, I mean, right now it would have been going on last year's order, 16, 24, and 47. They would still have 79, 81, 143, 168, and 207 based upon last year's stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that would actually have been a feasible punishment, not just one pick. The fact that, and I didn't even realize this, it's been a little bit of a hectic day. I didn't even realize they still had another first-round pick. Yeah, that's, yep. and now now we're talking slaps on the wrists almost. Yeah, they still, have, they still have seven picks. They have a pick in every round but the fourth, and they, <laughs> have, an, they have an extra third. It feels far too lenient for, if, if, for what's, what we've been accused of, if it, if it is all true, that's not even nearly enough. And the $1.5 million means absolutely nothing to the man. Well, billionaires, they don't care. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's legitimately a tax write-off. It's, it's, just, it's why those monetary fines in any sport are kind of foo-foo. You know what I mean? Unless you're a guy that's making like, you know, you're a baseball player who's making like 750000 you lose twenty grand. Right, there's a little bit of an impact there. But when you're literally a team owner with a net worth that I have to imagine is in the millions, uh, hundreds of millions, if not billions, like $8.2 billion. Dollars. Yeah, okay. So what are we doing here? Well, that that 1.5 Milski, that, that's going to teach him. That's, that's going to teach him not to do it. And he's got to wait another eight picks for his first-round selection to come along. He might have to, he might have to take out a loan. Yeah, I, I think he's probably still good. Let's see, who, who are the Eagles projected to select in the draft right now? Uh, I'm okay with this. Uh, Alabama cornerback Eli Ricks, Notre Dame defensive end Isaiah Foskey, and uh, Arkansas safety Jalen Catalan. A little SEC, yeah. A little SEC heavy here. Listen, draft from the best conference. That's how you do it. You draft, you draft guys from the best Big conference. Sky. Now, yes, exactly. I own the Big Sky. I run the Big Sky. Uh, if you listen to Better's Delight. Um, but no, I, yeah, it's, you gotta, you, you gotta, you, like, I don't hate, I'll draft every SEC player. I don't care. I'll take every single one of them if that's the way that we want to go with things because they play in the best conference. Most of them play, the guys who are getting drafted normally play for the best teams. There's cultures of winning. There's, there's performance. You, you know, you're playing in the biggest games against the best teams, especially when you talk about the postseason. like mm-hmm. do it to draft all those guys. I don't care. Let's talk about the other big suspension that came down this week, the Deshaun Watson saga. I'm closer to over, probably not quite God. over yet, but closer to over. Uh, six games. It's laughable. It's yeah, laughable. It's if uh, if anybody hasn't listened to Kyle Brandt's take on it on Good Morning Football, they should do that. They should do that right now. It was great. It summed everything up that I think incredibly articulately, uh, just very well said by Mr. Brandt. It's it's. Like you, it's talking out of both sides of your mouth, right? It's running different PSAs. It's running different things for awareness. And then 
letting off. It's 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 like a nothing suspension. It feels like yeah, not for what. Yeah, it, it like oh, you miss six games, you're back, and then by week ten, nobody's even talking about it. We just want to move on and forget about it, and that's the 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 punishment doesn't necessarily fit whatever the situation was right the alleged and, crime yeah and we don't know what those situations are i mean you have ideas you have things that were brought up in in court and payments and who knows but it's it's that's it's, when i saw six games i was like you gotta be like what well, there was rumors of a year there mm-hmm. was rumors of indefinite and for it to be six games you're like okay it's this isn't this isn't about actually trying to to you know, hold somebody a little bit accountable. This is just about let's try to get this out of here and not have it surround our league anymore. So from what I understand, the issue that Sue Robinson, the judge, ran into is that the CBA changed in terms of how it looks at punishments based upon whether or not there's actual charges filed and that when you're looking at past instances similar to this, you, the two that come up are Ezekiel Elliott and Ben Roethlisberger, and both of them also got six games. So there was no precedent to go above that number six. I mean, precedent does matter. It's just... I think she was terrified of having a, the ruling overturned. I, I guess, but you can't come in that low. You just so, can't. The interesting thing that uh, my old boss, Mike Florio, pointed out on <clears throat> one little website that he runs called Pro Football Talk. If anybody's heard of that, you know, it's, uh, they're an upstart. Give them a shot. But <laughs> Mike Mike mentioned, and, and Mike's got a, le- got a law background, that <clears throat> one of the most interesting things in all of it was, and the thing that could end up hurting Watson the most is that in in the nicest way possible, Robinson basically said she thought he was lying about everything and pointed out that uh, numerous instances where they actually caught him lying about things. And those are the instances that the NFL could really hang in their hat on when and if Roger Goodell decides to increase the length of the penalty. Now, Watson has also said that they're going to sue if, if they try to increase the punishment. But if you read what, what Mike had to say, he does not believe that lawsuit would go very well for Mr. Watson. This is, it's just so convoluted. Yeah. Like you well, wanted that's, to, that's what the legal system is, Greg. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but you wanted this all to sort of be over, and now it seems like it's just going to drag on endlessly. Well, no. So they, the NFL had three days to to increase the punishment i believe that can be can be increased slightly but it will not be an indefinite thing we're going to find out what their intentions are relatively soon i and i would also think that judging from the the poll that the pft ran asking if they thought watson was being punished enough i think the last time i looked at it 80 percent of the people said no so public sentiment is on the side of suspending him longer. The NFL can look good and also look like they care about women by increasing the length of the suspension. Will it be a full year? Probably not, uh, because that would be, you know, that would be a nightmare. It would be, it would, they would, they would sue for arbitration. That would take take forever. Honestly, it might take until after the season. 
so you, you'd have a um, situation where Watson played this year and next year would be suspended. But I can't imagine they're not going to tick it up to at least 10 games. Honestly, 10 should have been the number originally at minimum. Oh, no, a year should have been the number. Well, sure. But if you want to make it look even a little bit good, the double digit makes the biggest difference, right? You say 10 and you go from there, then let them fight it out legally however they want to fight it out. Uh, I agree that the year should have been the actual minimum, but I'm talking about from a an optics standpoint it should have been at least 10 if not longer well from uh, that optics standpoint the easiest thing in in a how things were shaped three days ago prior to three of the final four people uh settling the way to go was to say look we're gonna this is an indefinite suspension you know in reality it would have been a year we want to let this play out in the law, in the legal system before we really get involved in it. Until then, you'll be suspended and then we'll reevaluate things once all of that's taken care of. All of a sudden, three of those four people settle, including Ashley Solis, who was really the ringleader of all of it and the first person to come, uh, come forward. It was much easier for it to be a lower suspension. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I, I mean... The settling of things does change it. It really does. I really want, I would, I wonder what those numbers were because those number, and we'll never know, but those numbers really influence a lot of how you look at it. Right. Yeah. Because was this always just what, what was the intention of the lawsuits? What was the intention of the class action? Was it to get justice or was it to hold this guy to the fire as long as possible to, get the most money you can because though, you know, those are two very different intents. Oh yeah. Entirely different, entirely different, but it doesn't change. It doesn't change a heinous action. No, of course not. But the intentions are very different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's man. And I, unfortunately it's like one of those situations that we're just never going to know. Oh yeah. Exactly what happened, which is nuts. It's nuts. The whole situation just is, I don't know. I don't know how you, like, I, I understand making the move, I guess, for a guy like that in the situation that he's in, but I don't know. I, I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable being, well, like, <laughs> it's just It's so hard in general, right? Yeah. And, and the Browns put their fans in, in an impossible position. It's do you support this guy or do you stick to your morals? And that's and it's just unfair to ask that of these people. It's it's unfair to put your fans in that position. Look, I I live with a person who is just an unbelievably big Browns fan. And we will not support the team. We'll not watch the games. Can't can't find a way to wrap her head around it and justify the morality of it and support that team. No, and can't be blamed for it either for making no. that decision. No, it's, it's, it's enviable. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have, I respect the position. I, I feel terrible that the team put her in that position because, you know, Sunday was it, was, it was the biggest thing when, when the team played, that's all he wanted to do. That's all that mattered. God, I think there's literally like, 25 jerseys in the closet and uh and now uh it's all different they'll stay you ha- there <laughs> you have to think that 
the easier move for the Browns here. And I, I understand that this is a move orchestrated by Jimmy Haslam to uh, try and win games. But the easier move is not to spend three first-round picks, uh, what, a second and a third, plus $240 million all guaranteed and on this guy and just, like, go get Garoppolo for a fifth-round pick and $5 million. Yeah, yeah. It certainly would have taken the headache away. There's like, no doubt not, about that. They're not the same level of talent by any stretch, but, like, Garoppolo is a proven winner who has played well in the playoffs. Yeah, should have been in a Super Bowl. Potentially have could have been. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not a good look for for really anybody involved. It's at least from an NFL standpoint. So, can I tell you though? On the flip side of that, like, just like vibes from this Eagles team are as good as I can remember. I'm nervous. The vibes are great, but like anytime- everybody gets along. All the stories are really good. People seem to genuinely like each other. Like this is a real easy team to root for. Kelsey said it best the other day, though. When people think we're going to be good, we're usually yeah. bad. And when they think we're going to be bad, we're usually good. And that's terrifying. Uh, for sure. For sure. For sure it is. But uh, I, it's just, I feel you feel really good about this team. I the do. De- and the, I'm the ready defense for- should be great. The offense should be really fun. It's just a matter of can Jalen Hurts take those next steps as a quarterback and, you know, be a quarterback. I I really really want them to just be good. I just uh-huh. want them to be good. Like I don't want to watch a, a division where the winner is seven and nine or. Oh, I don't know, think there's seven. a risk of that. I, I just I want I want to win games. I don't want every Sunday to be a catastrophe that you don't know what's going to come out of the of the game, and it all starts with number one. It all starts with him, or two. Is he two or one? I don't know. He was two. Now. Yeah, he's one now. Yeah. So, like, that's that's where it begins and ends. This team is going to run through his ability to command the offense and to run the plays and to be that guy. And I just don't – I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. And I, I just want, want him, him to, be, to good. be good so bad. I know. That's it. You just you, – you, like, beg for him to just be a – you have the weapons. Be a competent – football player who can make the big play when you need it who can make the throw when you need it who can use your feet when you have to like just just be that guy one time for me because like everything that doesn't have to do with throwing a football the guy grades out as an a plus yeah on and off the field that that's what i'm talking about yeah i just if he could just be a solid like c plus b minus actual quarterback it would this team is going to be so good. Well, you have the you have the position players now that you needed. You have AJ everything. Brown, AJ Brown made the biggest difference. You know, it like it it opens up everything. It it gives Devonte uh, Devonta Smith more open ability. Like it just it 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 opens up the offense entirely. You just you have, have to the make second the plays. legitimate cornerback. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. I need preseason football now. Let's go. Two days away, Hall of Fame game tomorrow. Oh my God, the Hall of Fame game. I don't care. I'll watch every second of it. That you're you're a sick bastard. Absolutely. Yeah, I listen yeah. to Better's Delight. I'll probably pick a team. <laughs> oh, you cannot pick teams in the preseason football. Uh, maybe you should look at season two of uh, Better's Delight. 
And I'm, let me know if you can or nobody, can't bet on preseason football. Okay, fine. Let me rephrase. You can technically do it. You should not do it. I, now that I don't disagree with. You really should just be listening to my picks as the leader in the clubhouse of better still life. You aren't wrong. You aren't wrong. And there's a couple still floating out there. You can add to this unit total. Uh, yeah, no, what, do I have? I, I have... I have Idris Elba. What, yeah. else do, what else do I have out there? I think that one's the one right now. I think everything else is expired or, or, or gone to, uh, gone to, you know, the, the the wager has been cashed either for the good or for the bad. So I think the Idris Elba one's the one that's still hanging on. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Long been in talks to play the next James Bond, also considered for the role of an antagonist. Uh, pulling the lead have started again. Producers realize how popular. We'll see, man. We'll see. I'd, I'd like to hit on that. That's a nice little. That's a nice little coup. But uh, look, I don't. Frankly, I don't think I need it. I'm just. The season's almost over, right? Yeah, I mean, we're just a couple of Saturdays. I think there's four in there's August twenty nine. There's week zero. Well, yeah. So there's three more Saturdays without. Uh, college football so that means there's going to be three more episodes without uh without or yeah three more episodes essentially till the season's over and then we reset for the the weekend of august 27th because that's when uh that's when the season comes to an end all right i'm looking at what these numbers are right now i guess nothing's been updated since last week but uh feel real good about this sir i am after okay, after week eighty-five, I am in the lead at negative one point three four. I have a nearly twelve unit lead over Mark, who I mean, talk about just <laughs> taking it, a dump on any success that he had. It's a fall like I've never seen. And sadly, the episode where it was you, Matt, and Mike, it was coming just a few weeks off of the banner raising. Uh, coming one week off of me setting the record for the worst season of all time, or the worst week of all time, and he nearly broke that record in in just seven short days. He nearly broke that record. So, yeah, it, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough look for a guy who had like a fifty plus unit week. I don't have any of this stuff in front of me. I am just gonna go ahead and assume that Mike is currently in second place and that Mark has found his way back to third place. I don't know what uh, this week's results are just yet because there's still a game pending that starts in about uh, half an hour. Once that game goes final, we'll have the results tallied and listen in and we'll uh, we'll see just exactly where you stand as of tomorrow. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that he's back in third place at this point. It wouldn't be shocking with the, with the run that he's been on. Uh, 50-unit hit and didn't he hit another 20 that week too yeah yeah he picked matt fitzpatrick to win the uh to win the u.s open i believe okay two other things i want to hit on really quick before we get out here because we're right at an hour one how can live afford to offer tiger woods all this money they just have money i don't know how do they have money though where is it coming from who are they coming from saudi arabia interesting isn't it i thought that was i know nothing about it i'm asking you yeah, it's, it's it all has to do with like Saudi Arabia and just they have endless money apparently. So okay. having endless money means you can offer almost a billion dollars to Tiger Woods. Yeah, he's not really good anymore, right? Doesn't matter. None of the guys that I mean, outside of maybe Dustin Johnson. 
Yeah, isn't Dustin Johnson the best golfer in the world right now? Yeah, I think he's the world number one. But outside of outside of really him and maybe a couple other guys, Kepka, who's a guy who's won a bunch of majors, Reed's won a Masters. I mean, like there's there are some guys there. For the most part, it there there's not a ton of great current golfers that are that have either gone or been there. Like a lot of the guys that have left are guys that you know uh, make or like may or may not make the cut week in and week out on the PGA Tour. And they're getting paid, they're taking the money, and they're going from there. Some of them, they're getting more money in one one agreement or contract than they've made for almost their entirety of their career. So, yeah. Also, as everyone knows, today is Yeezy Day. Oh, is and, it? Not, and, not me. Well, it's Yeezy Day, Greg. Lots of drops, all kinds of stuff available. The one pair that I was interested in the the bread Yeezy 350s, not the red stripe, the breads. It looks like they're going to hold off until 11 o'clock to start the draw. That seems a little ridiculous. Sons of bitches, Greg. Sons seems, of bitches. Seems a little ridiculous to me, bud. <sighs> I don't know. I keep I keep hearing. All I hear is uh, and I'm sure Matt and I will talk about shoes on on Thursday. He wants these gray fogs really bad. I don't. I think they. I don't know if they're so good looking, Greg. I don't know if they're so good. Looking. I don't think most of the shoes that he buys are so good looking. So, well, I mean that applies to me too. I'm so I'm not gonna, not gonna sit here and poop on anybody. But uh, yeah, I'm trying. I want these breads. I want these bread 350s. I would like them if uh, if the confirmed app would let me have them. That would be cool. Had my first win in 15 or so months. I saw that. Very exciting. The Maison Rouge Chateau, the Maison Chateau Rouge Jordan 2s. Uh, shortly thereafter, bought a pair of Wash Teal Air Force 1s for my significant other, who I'm trying to get into shoes. So, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's been good, Greg. It's been yeah. Good. All right. Well, good luck, buddy. I hope, you, I, hope, I hope all your shoe dreams come true. <sighs> Here's the thing about that is, though, I, I don't need to spend more money. Well, hey. <laughs> You know, you got to spend money to make money, sir. That's, uh, I don't think I'm making money on this. So I think it's basically just, just spending money. Yeah, well, you're talking to the right guy. Very good at spending money. So, and, and these aren't the, uh, what are they? The, these aren't as exciting as the, um, Christ, what, what are the ones you like? The, 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 the North Carolina fours. If only. Yeah, UNC fine. threes, the fours, really any and that color scheme. That's where I'm at. Right. I don't even know if I could pull it off from an actual stand, like you wearing them off, standpoint. You could pull it off. I don't know. I made the mistake of wearing a pair of brand new Flyknit Air Fo- white, all white Air Force Ones to the zoo the other day. Oh, buddy. Yeah, mistakes were made. I could have told you that was. That was probably a bad idea, and I'm not even a shoe guy. I was just going to walk around, man. I wanted a comfortable pair of shoes. Uh Got the wearing shoes and the looking shoes. Sometimes you got to sacrifice comfort for for style or comfort for... No, okay. This is going to be a very controversial thing, and I'm not going to get into it too much. The Jordan 1s are... They're beautiful. Maybe my favorite shoe ever are so uncomfortable until you like wear them a ton and break them in once they're broken in they're not as comfortable or no once they're broken no. in they're fine but until they're broken in and it takes a while they are so uncomfortable 
I mean, 1987 or 19, I guess it was four. Yeah, 1984 shoe technology wasn't exactly uh, top tier. So, yeah, but but we've 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 made improvements since then. Why not I mean, just? Uh, you can't tweak not? the originals, buddy. Oh, they constantly tweak the originals. I guess constantly. All right. <laughs> well, stop agreeing with me. People hate it. Apparently. That's it. Or do maybe they don't hate it. Yeah, you don't hate it. Now I'm disagreeing <laughs> with you, the listener. All right, this is dumb. Uh, uh, that's going to be it for this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. A very sports-heavy episode this week. It was a, an interesting return to form, as it were. For Greg Crone, I'm Chris Warwardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.